Broadcasting from an undisclosed location. From a secret hunting spot known only to him. And the guy who told him about it. And possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics. Here we are, week two of the duck shooting series of... The Hunting Show, I suppose, is the best way to put it. And uh, we are going to do a couple more shows during the season, I think. I think, Mike, you'll be into that, and Mark probably will be as well. But uh, we, we're going to have a break and get on to some other stuff between now and then. Just so those of you that don't duck shoot, don't roll your eyes every time you see the new title coming up on your iTunes. Today's show is actually about calling. And what I'm going to do, we're going to break it down and start again. It's going to be like, neither. well, you guys know, but you're going to be teaching someone who's never called before how to do this. I know there's tons and tons of YouTube videos out there and there's quite a few I've found that just absolute bollocks. I just really haven't found them useful because I'm in that process of learning how to do this that much better. Which call do you guys reckon we start with? Well, let's start with a basic quack. Eh? Is that the, would that be the first one? So Mark, um, first of all, let's go selecting a caller. So this is the one I've got here. What do you, what do, you do when you're looking at selecting that first caller? So it's, it comes down to personal preference. If you like acrylic, wood, plastic, it's completely up to you. Uh, on, like Mike touched on last week, the more you spend, the I think, the better you get. Uh, over, like, long-lasting um, and, and sound. And then, you, I mean, if you don't like the look of your call, you're not going to really enjoy blowing it. So it does come... I mean, me just being young, I... Me just being young, I think. <laughs> it comes down a little bit. I think there's a few out there that like the... But that's just a, Wow, we were oh, there's some bad jokes there. Anyway, as you were, Mark. <laughs> anyway, before Stephen got a bit weird, we, so <laughs> they're selecting your call. You might have a brand preference: Zinc, Buck Gardner, Tim Grounds. What the, what's your on there? Your Buck Commander, Duck Commander, sorry. Hammond, is a fantastic New Zealand-made call, uh, which have been around for many years. And Alan is a very nice man. He, he does some very nice duck calls. Very look, good-looking duck calls as well. Um, which which is helping you to get your first duck call. And so I, what about the read? Because that was a big thing for me. I was looking at different callers, and first of all, I found one that I, I thought I could make sound good, and then I, end, I kept ending back at this triple read. I, for some reason, it was easy for me to, to make sound like a duck, or what I thought a duck sounded like. Yeah, well, I've got um, personal experience of you trying to blow that first caller you, know, you brought to the lake, yeah. um, and it wasn't a work. It wasn't you. It was an expensive caller, though. Very expensive caller, that first one I tried. We won't say the brand, but... I've got a very expensive goose caller. Like, very expensive goose caller. Mm. And I bought one out of the States for $30. Because it, I saw it online. I don't use my expensive one now. Yeah. It's it's what you can blow to make sound like a duck. Right. Or, or goose or whatever, you know, you, you're chasing. So... Personal preference also comes down to how it sounds. Now, Mark's got a very flash goose call on his neck, which blows mine out of the water, but that's probably more down to Mark, hmm. you know, than the actual call. If I spent as much time blowing hot air as Mark does, <laughs> uh, then, then I'd probably sound, you know, almost as good. Mark is exceptionally good at calling geese. I'm not even going to bring my goose caller out for this show because I'll just embarrass myself. Um, so, personal preference and how you present the air also is another thing. Um, Mark touched on that, you know, long breaths, you know, uh, radio uh, breathing from the stomach, not your lungs, you know, that sort of thing. 
Um, you know, I've got exactly the same caller as you. Yep. But, but they sound different. They do, very different, yeah. It's just the way we blow them. Mm. So, you know, once again, um, triple reeds I find very easy to blow. You can do a wide range of calls with them. My other one, it's got uh, two reeds, and I use that for a different purpose. So, mm. you know. Now, what about this? I'll get on to you with this one, Mark. We we talk about the bigger the water, the bigger the call. Is that I've heard that a number of times over the last couple of weeks. How do you judge that, or do you disagree? Well, it's hard. Uh, like, because as you guys have been just saying, it, two different people do the same call, completely different. So you've both got triple threats. Oops. That that blow well on big water and small water. It's about how you present it across the water. And there are higher screamer pitch calls, or there's your close, like your Hammond ROP, which works really well on the sort of smaller stuff. It doesn't screech out, it doesn't scream, it doesn't mm. sort of spook the duck. So it's not a, a duck on sort of meth sort of thing. And big water, <laughs> you've got to send that call as if they're screaming down four or five hundred metres away down the middle of the lake, heading to old mate's mama across the road, which you don't like because it's a skybuster. If you scream a couple of ack, 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 and they get that little noise and have a look across the an awesome looking spread with a few ducks there. That's sort of how your big water and little water calls. I just want to say this isn't an infomercial for duck callers. We're just saying brands as they come up because it's what we've used and tried. We don't have any duck calling sponsors or um, there's no product placement here. But I think actually we will we can talk about brands. Uh, we'll keep it to a minimum, but it is actually just because you're right. There's guys like Hammond, great New Zealand duck callers and, and, uh, and certainly good-looking duck callers. You've got one around your neck now. So, okay, so we, I, I don't quite think we've figured this out yet. So single read, double read, triple read, right? So your single read is one read working by itself so you get quite a high pitch double read is obviously in between your first and third read three reads is three reads moving you're going to get a lot more uh, uh, a lot more duck and then you put some voice into it then you get even more again without being such a you know it just sounds more ducky you would say it just say it sounds ducky it's just yeah real. sounds real which is key and so you actually want to touch on that, so putting voice into your caller. I've watched a lot of YouTube on this, and some guys do and some guys don't. And in fact, I've noticed, because I think women have a higher-pitched voice, they tend to put voice into their callers uh, very well. I, I, I've tried this over not even the last couple of hours, and my voice gets deeper as I get into this. Why, why do you put voice into the caller? Well, I didn't used to put a huge amount of voice into my calls, and so I started blowing a short red goose call, which you put a lot of voice into, and you got the clucks, the honks, everything, your moans, your murmurs. Then I got back on my duck call and my voice kept on going. I thought, hang on, this sounds really good. I'm going to keep doing it. And it's escalated. Then you've got two different tones of duck calls. So you've got your deep voice, and then you've got the hit, hit, hit. And you've all of a sudden got two ducks coming from one call. Then you've got two callers beside you, where they can do two ducks. You've all of a sudden got six ducks alive coming out of your decoy spread. And I want to talk to you about that in a moment, that that that's six ducks alive or, or, or three and what difference that makes. But let's get on to a little bit of calling and we'll start with, with you, Mike. Let's start with this basic caller that I found. What's the first call we want to do and how do, how do you do it? What are you doing into the caller? What are you, what are you blowing, saying, breathing? What, what's, what do you do? I don't even know what I do. I just put my mouth to it. I think there is a bit of uh, voice in there. Um, not a lot. It's just getting a simple, basic quack. Right. Quack. <coughs> Now that's the triple read. Not a lot of hmm. of air required to make that read really work. Sound like a real raspberry hen. Yeah, I mean, well, let's. I'll do that as well. And you'll hear that I sound completely different. I probably sound terrible, really. Um, but you sit there, and I get the. 
To me, you're putting just a wee bit too much air in it. Right. So slow down, like. Hear the difference? Mm. One's more an alarmed duck. Right. And you know, we can get into that later on, but it's like any animal. If, if it hears, for its own, making an alarm call. A seeker deer, a perfect example. Mm. You know, one will do a squeal at something, and, and if you look around, you'll see three or four deer running away from you. Mm. Um, so... Back to ducks, same thing. If you can make it sound like a resting, happy duck, then chances are one circling around or flying past will have a good look and you know, come in for a nosy. Okay, Mark, so what do you do? What's that first quack? Or how did how would you explain it to someone? Remember, this is radio, so theatre of the mind, you can't show them. How would you explain how to do that call? Saying quit. So quit, quit. But then you put into a duck. So, so I'll just, I've got a call here, which, I, which is my number one go-to call, which I'll... Do nothing, no voice or anything through it. Mm. And now I'll do my quit with voice. Mm. And which one do you think sounds like a duck? Well, yeah, exactly. So do that again. So you, you what are you you're saying? Quit. Quit. So it's just quit, quit. Okay. What do you reckon? Does that sound? Does that sound like a duck to you, Mike? First one sounded like a party popper. Yeah. You know those things you just go. But as Mark says, mm. so just by adding hand movements yeah. and a little bit of voice, takes it from a party party toy. Actually, that's something you're not seeing is the hand movements. So I generally, when I've been practicing this, I'm, I'm only moving those last three fingers on my hand off the edge. And well, you could use your middle finger too. That's, well, that's, that's one I do use. That's classy. <laughs> what about you, Mark? What's your opinions on what you're doing with your hand, particularly for this call? Yeah, I think you're just cutting off that note at the end. No ducks run their notes through like quack, quack, quack. It's quack, quack. And even with your other calls, which we'll get into, just stops at the end, doesn't run over. Okay. Now I want to talk to you about the comeback call because it's – that's the one that I keep hearing, or the one I, I'm trying to learn myself, and that's for when they're a long way away, they're not facing you, they can't see you, or they're not looking at you, I should say, and that's getting them to come back. What do you do there? Hit them with everything you've got. <laughs> don't hold back. If they're going, you've got nothing to lose. Don't, I mean, don't blow the reeds out of your call, but hit them with everything. And get more excited. Say, quick, 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 calm back, a bit more attitude. Say, you are flying away, stop that, come here. What about you? What do you reckon, Mike? Just what Mark said. Yeah. Just give it everything you've got. You know, I've called ducks until I'm just about out of breath. But then I take another big breath and keep going. And, and you know, a few times I'll come back in and, you know, it's a it's a huge amount of satisfaction when you, actually, you, know, you can do that and get them to come back and, you know, and then you end their life. It's, you know, and then they end up in the roasting pan. It's lovely. How far away is too far away? Because that's the other thing. I've seen guys calling ducks in from an awful long way away. I mean, these are black dots in the sky when they're starting to try and get them to turn around. When do you give up? Well, when, when you can't see them. When you can't. Well, yeah. When you if they're down if they're upwind from you, I I'd say five hundred meters are gone. They're like if that you just know they've come by. They don't like you. Then you give them a couple of big hits and big quits. And if they don't even batter an eyelid. See you later, alligator. Have a bit of bacon and egg pie. Mm. <laughs> Turn on the barbecue, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what is that comeback call? Let's have a, have a listen to it. And how do you do it? First of all, how do you do it? 
So for instance, ducks have just come over, I've done my, well, we, yeah, we touched on the, so they've just come over, they're heading away, so we're just going to spark out, just... So if they don't come back after that, I'm getting into the pie. <laughs> okay, Mike, what about your comeback call? We'll just have a listen to that. Slightly different than Scotty's, but along the same lines. Yeah, so that, that's actually really different. Eh? Yeah, I, I put a wee bit too much on at one point and the reed broke. Uh, you'll hear that a real squeak. Mm. You try and stop that. I'm just a bit excited, a little bit out of practice <laughs> even. Yeah. Um, but just just hit them, you know. what? And watch the bird when you're doing it if you can. Mm. And if they start to look, then you change your call again. You know, you don't give them that, that scream. You want them to come in, so you change it. But if they just keep going, just keep hitting them. Actually, the one thing that we talked about off here was that if they're looking at you, don't call at all, right? Yeah, so pretty much my rule of thumb, if there's shoulder or head towards you 150 yards out, just leave them. Because they're looking, they're not worried. They're looking at me spread, they're thinking, oh, that's sweet, there's some ducks down there. As soon as you get to a 90 to them, or your wing 90 to them, I hit them with a three by my just ack, ack, ack. And nine times out of ten, they'll whack that handbrake on cause and just drop in and cup up and paddles down. Yeah. So that three blind mice thing, you can hear that? So for instance, if we're, if we're in the mine, they're coming towards us 150 yards out, 100, buddy, 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 50, 60 yards out, they sort of bank away, I'll hit them with a... <coughs> and if they don't, if they sort of bank around, they come another lap, same again, they go around. Hmm. <coughs> and then if they, they'll generally, they don't leave after that. <laughs> <laughs> He's fairly confident. What about you, Mike? What are you doing at that point? Yeah, basically the same as Skitty. You know, just, just trying to get their confidence up that this is a safe place to land. You know, so similar call. Um, I use my other caller, um, back to Triple Reed. And, you know, once again, if they, if they swing back around, silence. Yeah, if they're looking at you. If they're looking at me, if they're looking at the decoys, their heads are bobbling backwards and forwards going, you know, where did that call come from, that call come from? If they bank away again, just hit them, hit them with it again and try and get them to come back around and eventually they'll come in closer and closer and closer and that's when as Mark says it's good night. Mm. And what about, what, what's the other calls I need to know? Lonesome hen. Mm-hmm. You'll get a big old green head that he's lost his mates, he's flying around opening just looking for somewhere to go and all you got is just... <laughs> And you'll hear him going, and that's when he's looking, his neck's gone, rubber neck, and he goes over top of you, just hit him with a, and you got orange petals down from there on in. <laughs> a dirty old drake can't help himself, eh? he's a lonely hen, he's into it. Yeah, at that point he's not using his, his, his brain, he's no, using his other head, um, same as all male species do, uh, from time to time. Um, so, yeah. That's a very good call to learn, you know, when a greenhead's going around around circles. Hmm. And what about the the drake whistle? Let's get on to that, because i got one around my neck. Have you? No, I don't know. Okay, so, well, okay, you, you use one, Mike. Um, Mark doesn't. When do you use the drake whistle? First light and last light. Under what circumstances? 
when you when you have hens flying around, you can hear the wing beats. You can't quite see them. Mm. You do, you know, but you know they're hens because I've made a noise. Mm. So you just want them to you know trust the green head, and you know you bring home the bacon. Mm. So this is how I've learnt to to blow the drake whistle. So none of you brought one with you, uh, and that is the. That's it, isn't it? Bit shorter. Bit shut shorter. It, shut it off quicker. So. And that's it, hey? That's it. Yeah. That's a drake. That's it. Yeah. You can't beat it. And and you've had some success with this, haven't you? <laughs> I was very sceptical. I went to a duck calling competition a couple of years ago here in Taupo and a mate of mine, Ben Severn, I said, What's that bloody poncy thing you got on your court and you on your lanyard? He said, Oh, you know, you wait till you hear it. And uh, when he went behind the blind I closed my eyes and it sounds perfect. So I you know, they're only cheap, you know, so I bought one and spend a bit of time practicing and no they do work you know limited times a day when you can use them you know, i've tried them in the middle of the day and the hens just aren't interested mm. just not even looking at them but first light last light they tend to work let's get on to paris so the paradise duck calls um apparently very easy and i've got one around my neck you haven't got one no, no nothing there so what do you do with a paradise duck call make any kind of noise <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Make a squeak, make a little bloop. As long as the parries hear noise, they'll be cupped up. Mm. And uh, where you shoot, there's quite a few paradise ducks, Mike. What do you? Yeah, I get my limit on them in about the first three trigger pulls. There's literally thousands of the things. I've just taken um, Stephen's uh, caller off his, his his lanyard to give it a bit of a whirl. I've never actually blown this one, I don't think, but I'll give it a crack. So that's a DJ's caller, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, DJ. Uh, in uh, New Zealand number 22 Paradise Duck my one's a, a Hammond uh, a parry call which sounds very different but that would definitely yeah. parries aren't as intelligent as mallards let's face it um so that would definitely work, yeah, for sure. Okay. And how many times do you blow it? Or is it just a constant? Um, I've got to think, really. Um, read the birds. You, you just, yeah, yeah, as Mark just you know, chimed in, you've got to read the birds. If they're doing everything, it's a bit like, I bring it back to children a lot. If a child is sitting in a corner playing nicely, there's no need to raise your voice at them. If they're running into traffic, the first thing you do is scream at them, you know, to get their attention and make their, t- you know, turn their head back towards you. S- same with birds, okay. you know. The mob of ducks coming in now. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, uh, so there's a mob of ducks. How far out? I just, I missed. I saw them. Yeah, okay. So if you were going to try and get them to turn around now, are they too far away? To me, to me, yes. They, those ones are too far away, but they're on my radar. And Mike's shaking his head. They were miles away, but they're on my radar. But I'll, I'll be. What I'd be doing is definitely keeping eyes, eyes peeled because I know where they're going. And, (laughs) And what would you do now? We'll pretend you wanted to get them in now, or let's try and get them in now. What would you do? So I'd hit them with a pretty high note. The, I, I touch on calling with two callers. If, for instance, if me and Mike here are in the same my my, we'll do similar calls, but different calls if you know what I mean. So if he goes, ek, 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 I'll go, ek, 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 and we'd sort of go in partnership. We wouldn't call over each other, we'd work in as a team. And what that does is once again brings your decoys to life. And like we've talked about before, two or three different. Uh, duck callers come alive. Okay, we'll give it a go. I'll start off. So they're out wide. 
So that 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 was working in unison. Do you get more than two of yours? Would you do three or four or what would what would that be? Depends on what your callers are like. Um, when you get past sort of two or three, it gets, it gets messy. Like Mike said, there's a lot of callers going on, and you're you're reading your mate with which is on your left. So you you and him are working to sync. Then there's a third guy which is just quacking. So sometimes one or two is better than six right. calling over each other. Okay. The other thing too is you can use your forehand, which is the hand in front of your caller, to change the direction with which the noise is coming from. So you can poke it out to the left, you can poke it out to the right, you know, purely by changing where your hand is. So that, that again makes the flying bird think, okay, there's more than one bird on the ground calling me. Now I use that a lot uh, calling geese, is just to change where the noise is coming from. And you'll see them looking at it, so a duck's exactly the same. Actually, that's a really good segue into geese calling or goose calling, right? Um, Mark seems to be able to nail this. How long, how long have you been doing this for? How long have you been calling goose? Because you went through a real phase of it, right? Yeah, I went through a bit of a, what you could almost call a fetish of goose calls and making the right noise and everything like that. I've been doing it for about six years, um, starting off in the bedroom. Gee, what's co- you with the bedroom? Well, it's great in there. No one can piss you off. You lock the door and you can call away and no one can come in and tell you to be quiet, so... Um, there's a lot of different types of goose calls. There's electronic, which I'm not a fan of. They sound terrible. Uh, there's the goose flute, which is a pretty much a short reed with a flute on the end, which applies the back pressure. And then there's a short reed uh, goose call, which I've got here today, which you apply the back pressure to make the reed crack over, etc. Okay, so give us a basic goose call. What are you doing into the caller to make that sound? So this is where I learned to do a lot of my voice. Uh, the, all the air comes from your tummy. And you're breaking the reed over. So all you've got is, this is a standard, just simple honk. So that's that uh, air pressure going through, that little push at the end, clicks the reed over and you get that honk. How effective do you find that in getting the bird's attention or bringing them in? A couple of big honks straight away gets the, I reckon, it pulls. So just a couple. Yeah, just a couple. The reason I'm asking is because I'm like, you know, like a lot of guys out there, I haven't needed to call geese for a long time because we have literally thousands of things and they just fall in amongst your decoys. Um, but now we're chasing them a bit more. I'm still learning a call and I've got a completely different caller than you. The back pressure is actually built into the caller. It's got a big bell on it and then it throats down. Um, it's more of a novice caller, obviously. Um, so I'm still learning myself and, and I find shortening that call right up is far more effective where I chase them in paddocks. So rather than the big elongated, it's a very short moan and then a very short short break. Yeah, so with geese, the opposite to mallards. So mallards, you start off, and that you, you back off. Geese, they're so aggressive, you start big, and you work up, and you work up, and you work up, and you start to get the double clucks, big moans, clucks. And you get them excited, you get them, you get them really annoyed, and they just keep on coming because you're on the food. Geese are super aggressive, like they'll kick your mallards off your ponds, which you've seen. Um, so you, you, you're almost trying to start an argument with them, and what that does is just put paddles down. Okay, so when, when you're starting to get really aggressive, how does that sound? So I'll try and spark up a couple of. So we'll start off wider and get closer. <coughs>
and generally you'll finish the birds after that last cluck, 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 cluck. <laughs> Did sound like a case, didn't it? Smart ass. <laughs> and uh, and what about with because what about paddock shooting geese? You see a lot of guys in those lay down blinds. I just want to touch on that. I know it's necess- not necessarily calling them, but what are you doing there? You, you're are you trying to get right amongst them? Yeah. So paddock hunting, you there's a lot more to it than rocking up in a green paddock and hopefully they turn up. Scouting, finding the X, which we call is where find the X is the X is where they are, like the treasure. So you're in a paddock, you find where they're feeding, you set up there, you obviously know when they're coming, so they're coming at ten o'clock every day, so you'll be there at nine, ready to go. You'll be there, they'll be fit you'll have feeding geese generally in the daytime coming off of big water and you'll you'll really try and you'll see them coming from a long way because you want to be under the birds. If you're not under the birds, they're not going to come down. So you want to be under them on the X. And she's all history from there on. In. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what about when you're shooting them on water? Because you've got an unusual situation where you've got paddocks behind you and then water right down below. What's happening there? Yeah, well, right around us, there's about six paddocks that the geese frequent every single day. They, they rock up about 9 o'clock, they stay there till 3, 4 o'clock, and then they leave. But there's geese coming in all the time. And once a paddock gets overcrowded, because they are such an aggressive bird, some will start landing in another paddock. You know, and where I've put you this year in your mind, my one of those paddocks is right behind you. You know that fence line that's twenty yards behind your mind, my perfect flight path. You know, um, you just you know, and everyone uh, with ducks when the birds are a long way out, especially with geese, a little bit of movement goes a long way. Now even to the point where. If we see them coming off Lake Taupo, which is 1,500 metres away, is the furthest we can see. As soon as I see them come over that rise, I, I give a couple of big loud blasts, and then I'll even run around in amongst the decoys. Like, actually get out of the Mai Mai and flap my arms around and race back in there again. And you'll see them, they'll turn, they'll see that movement, and they'll head for it. Hmm. And then you use your flag even. You know, if you've got a flag, you know, I've started to use a flag, and they work. You know, they come into movement of you know if a bird looks like it's landed in amongst your spread it's safe i'm coming for a look start doing your feeding calls you, you know your clucks your double clucks uh, the hums you know just make it sound real and get in amongst your decoys and just blaze the hell out of the way <laughs> yeah okay well, finally just to end on a positive note a couple of quick tips for guys that are just learning and what about and also for guys that have been doing this for a long time what what your two tips do 30 quacks of one tone, and then you're good at it. Just keep on going. Just quack, 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 quack. And until you can get to 30 without making it a different noise, do it again. All without taking another breath. Okay. You know, don't take another breath. Just keep on blowing. Hmm. You know, take little short breaths in between your quacks. Don't try and you know, run it out of all one breath because it'll actually change the sound of the quack as well. Okay. So just little short breaths in between each quack, 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 quack. And you can just, you know, I can do it for a minute or more. And uh, obviously practice makes perfect. Eh? Like Mark said, lock yourself in your bedroom. <laughs> and uh, Or go out onto the open water, go down to the lakefront, call in ducks wherever you can. Absolutely. Practice. You know, it's a, I think I said in a, in a show last year, an opera singer, I don't know how many hours a day they spend perfecting their voice. The duck calling is the same. Mm. you just got to try and perfect your, your rhythm. You've got to make it sound like a duck. Mm. What about you, Mark? Any last words? Stay safe, hot barrels, and 
Get those paddles down. <laughs> and remember, you can win. Uh, we've got three great prizes up for grabs right now. There's that Ultimate My My upgrade from UFO. All you've got to do is go to our website, www.thehuntingshow.co.nz. Follow the instructions, because we do know if you did or not. And you could win that great prize from UFO. And you've just got to answer, what does UFO stand for in this context? The answer is not an identified flying object. It is universal food oven. Go on there, try and win that. Now, you would have seen some photos of us floating around Facebook and social media uh, wearing this great wing uh, camo from Hunter's Element. And to win that, all you've got to do is... Be active. Um, find it on Facebook. Go on, fill in the forms. We're going to actually do a full spiel on the wing camo next week so you can understand a little bit more about it and know exactly what it is. So there'll be a bit of lead up um, to win these great prizes. Be careful out there, guys. Be safe for the roar. Good hunting. Broadcasting from an undisclosed location, from a secret hunting spot known only to him, and the guy who told him about it, and possibly the guy who told the guy who told him. It's a show all about hunting in New Zealand and around the globe. This is The Hunting Show. Find The Hunting Show on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date information on upcoming shows and topics.